Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. This has been a tough week. A tough week out of a number of tough week. It just seems that everything keeps on piling on top of everything else. In a way, it's almost like a hero's trial. We're all going through what we need to, to come out the other side, better people than we are now. A thing to keep in mind is when you hear narratives being spun in different ways. It's like the spider's web that stories create online. They're spun over and over as they get retold and spread. The lines blur fact and fiction, and as you get closer to look, it's already too late. You're trapped. It's dangerous to believe every scary story you read online because even the most ridiculous tales hold a frightening grain of truth. But we never know for sure since so few live to spread the word. Only scraps of digital footprints remain and even those grow cold as death. First, we search for Smile Dog, the iconic creepypasta abridged. Next, Beware what you say. It's dying to come true. After that, a cyber threat befalls us in the theater, a beloved creepypasta. And finally, a couple's retreat makes for some killer romance. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Smile, dog. Creepy images on the internet can sear themselves into our memory, leaving such a lasting impression we can't help but share them. They beckon us to share, like a curse 
passed amongst friends. No other image has haunted the online world like smile.dog. Enjoy this classic creepypasta and spread the word. In 2005, when I was only in 10th grade, smile.dog first came to my attention through my interest in web phenomena. Mary E. was the most often cited victim. In 1992, when she first encountered smile.dog and her life changed forever. Mary was one of an estimated 400 people who saw the image when it was posted, though she is the only one who has spoken openly about the experience. The entire phenomenon centers on a picture file that is nowhere to be found on the internet. Many photo-manipulated simulacra litter the web. It is suspected these are fakes. Encounters with smile.dog are the stuff of internet legend. There are unverified rumors and even one persistent tale that in 2002, a hacker flooded forums with a deluge of smile.dog pictures. It is also said that in the mid to late 90s, that smile.dog circulated as an attachment of a chain email with the subject line, smile, God loves you. All alleged victims offer the same description of the photo. A dog-like creature, illuminated by the flash of the camera, sits in a dim room. The only background detail that is visible is a human hand extending from the darkness near the left side of the frame. The hand is empty, but is usually described as beckoning. Of course, most attention is given to the dog. The muzzle of the beast is reputedly split in a wide grin, revealing two rows of very white, very straight, very sharp, very human-looking teeth. This is a recollection of the victims who claim to have seen the picture endlessly repeated in their mind's eye during the time they are in reality having epileptic fits. These fits are reported to continue often while the victims sleep, resulting in disturbing nightmares. In the summer of 2007, I was a writer gathering information for a few college assignments and Mary E. had agreed to schedule an interview. At the last moment, Mary changed her mind and locked herself in, refusing to meet with me. For a time after my visit to Mary's apartment, nothing happened. Mary contacted me via email, however, near the beginning of March 2008. Subject. Last summer's interview. Dear Mr. L, I am incredibly sorry about my behavior last summer when you came to interview me. I hope you understand that it was no fault of yours. Forgive me. At the time, I was afraid. For 15 years, I have been haunted. Smile Dog comes to me in my sleep every night. The only thing ahead of me is that horrible picture. I see the beckoning hand and smile dog. It talks to me. Though I'm not quite sure what it really is, it tells me it will leave me alone if only I do as it asks and spread the word. And I know exactly what it means. It wants me to show it to someone else. And I could. The week after my incident, I received in the mail a manila envelope with no return address. Inside was only a three and a half inch floppy diskette. Without having to check, I knew precisely what was on it. I thought for a long time about my options. If Smile Dog kept its word, I could sleep. Yet if it lied, what would I do? I kept the diskette hidden amongst my things. Every night for 15 years, Smile Dog has come to me in my sleep and demanded that I spread the word. For 15 years, I have stood strong, though there have been hard times. 
Many of my fellow victims where I first encountered Smile Dogs stopped posting. I heard some of them committed suicide. Others remained completely silent, simply disappearing off the face of the web. I sincerely hope you will forgive me, Mr. L, but last summer I was near the breaking point. I decided I was going to give you the floppy diskette. I wanted it to end. You were a stranger, and I thought I would not feel sorrow when you took the diskette and sealed your fate. Before you arrived, I realized what I was doing. I am ashamed, Mr. L, and I hope that this warning will dissuade you from further investigation of Smile Dog. You may in time encounter someone who is, if not weaker than I, then wholly more depraved. Someone who will not hesitate to follow Smile Dog's orders. Stop while you are still whole. Sincerely, Mary E. Mary's husband, Terrence, contacted me later that month with the news that his wife had killed herself. I will admit that I was a little uncertain about how to respond to this. A quick check of several Chicago newspapers' online obituaries, however, proved that Mary E. was indeed dead. Almost a full year after, I received another email. Subject, smile. Hello, I found your email address through a mailing list. Your profile said you were interested in Smile Dog. I have saw it. It is not as bad as everyone says. I have sent it to you here. Just spreading the word smiley face. The final line chilled me to the bone. There was one file attachment, smile.dog. If I downloaded the image, if I looked at it, and if Mary turned out to be correct, if smile.dog came to me in my dreams, demanding I spread the word, what would I do? Would I live my life as Mary had? Or would I simply spread the word, eager to be put to rest? If I went through with my earlier intention to write a short article about smile.dog, I could attach it as evidence. And anyone who read the article, anyone who took interest would be affected. And even assuming the smile.dog attached to the email was genuine, would I save myself in that manner? Could I spread the word? Yes. Yes, I could. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Do you have conversations that leave you literally dead? Literally. These friends do, and a story inspired by Molly. Yumi and her friends had a joke between them where, whenever anyone was late, they would joke that they had died. It was always said in good fun, but it recently did get them into some trouble. At cheer practice when their coach was trying to get them to learn a new routine, their team captain Layla was running late from a date after school. Fifteen minutes past their original start time, the coach grew frustrated and asked where Layla was. Yumi giggled. Oh, she's dead, of course. And all the girls echoed, refusing to tell the coach where their captain was. 
As punishment, the coach made them all run laps. And when Layla strolled into practice half an hour late, the coach was not happy. To make an example of her, she booted Layla off the squad and made Kira the new captain. That was serious, but at least no one actually had died. A few days later, Yumi and a couple of her friends were meeting up to go see a new movie. One they had all been excited to go see. Yumi's dad dropped her off and she ran up to her friends. I haven't seen you guys for forever, she cried dramatically. The group of four stood outside the cinema. The movie didn't start for 20 minutes, so they had plenty of time to get ice cream and popcorn. Has anyone seen Kira? Tony asked. Yumi laughed. Oh, she's dead, of course. They all laughed. Ten minutes passed and Kira still hadn't shown up. The others decided to go and start buying popcorn, but Yumi stayed, sitting down on a bench. She took out her phone and called Kira, but no one picked up. That was weird, she thought. Kira always had her phone with her. She tried again and again. Nothing. She texted the others, telling them that Kira still hadn't shown up. Then, as she put her phone back in her pocket, it buzzed. A new text message from Kira. Sorry, I'm so late. Traffic's so annoying. And then the bus broke down. Could you come and get me? I think I'm near that furniture store. Yumi knew exactly which one Kira was talking about. She always made fun of it for having ugly designs, and luckily it wasn't too far away. She texted back a quick, sure, and started walking. She didn't think to tell her other friends where she was going. Hey, can you see me? She texted Kira when she got to the furniture store. No reply. She walked around the building looking for Kira, stopping in front of an alleyway. Kira's best cardigan was lying bunched up on top of a dumpster, the one she always wore whenever she was going out. Creepy, Yumi shuddered to herself. Kira, you down there? She called out. There was no way she'd gone down the alley. Kira hated anything that smelled bad, and the alley stank of pee and garbage. She wouldn't have ventured through that. Unless she thought it might be a shortcut to the theater? Yumi's gut told her something was off as she started making her way through the area behind the furniture store and movie theater. After a while, it occurred to her that she hadn't realized the alley was so dark. Maybe I should turn back, she thought to herself, and then her entire body froze up. She couldn't move. She couldn't speak. She couldn't breathe. The dark all around her lifted, and in front of her, she saw a trickle of red blood. It was Kira in a heap. Her guts were torn out of her body and her blood sprayed everywhere from a slit neck. Yumi only saw all of this for a second because she was starting to black out and she heard her phone go off. Hey, did you find Kira? Yumi shook as she grabbed her phone to type, She's dead, and hit send quickly. She then began to dial for an ambulance. But before Yumi could hit send, she felt the searing pain of metal slashing her throat from behind her. 
Her blood covered the ground before her as she lost consciousness. When she turned, she choked on a gasp of final surprise. The killer was Layla, who threw her down on the ground. Like anyone will believe you. It'd be too late anyways. (laughs) She laughed. Back in the movie theater... Tony and the rest of the girls filed into their row of seats carrying cherry red ices and popcorn. One of them asked Tony where Kira and Yumi were. They'd taken so long already. They're dead, of course, Tony laughed. The girls turned off their phones for the rest of the movie, unsuspecting of the truth they'd discover when the credits rolled. Thank you, Molly, for sharing your story and inspiring this one. So for our listeners out there, how many sayings do you have that could lead to your demise? Those innocent little sayings that could jinx you if they really happened. Those things that could backfire on you like they did for these girls. Things like, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. Be careful what you say. Some things are dying to come true. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now step right in, folks, and take a seat as the creepy pasta, The Theater, takes center stage. Written by Anonymous. Have you ever heard of an old PC game called The Theater? Many people say it doesn't even exist. Today, if you ever find it, It's only available on crappy bootleg CD-ROMs, which, more often than not, don't even actually contain the game. The actual legitimate copies that they say were released back in the day feature a blank cover with nothing but the spirit of what has since been named the Ticket Taker. He is simply a poorly drawn, bald man with large red lips wearing a red vest over a white shirt and black pants. 
He is completely emotionless, though some say that if you smash the disc, his face is shown as angry the next time you look at the cover. But this is just dismissed as an urban myth. What is peculiar about the theater, though, is that there is no developer named on the jewel case, nor a game description on the back. It is simply the ticket taker on a white backdrop on both sides. The game was initially known for its inability to install correctly. The installation process immediately locks up the computer when the user reaches the licensing agreement. Most people who have claimed to own one of the original CDs say that they figured out how to install the game by simply rebooting their computer on the licensing agreement with the disc still inside. Then they are prompted to press I agree on startup. The game then starts up without any introduction besides a main menu that is simply the spirit of a movie theater's exterior on an empty city street. The title fades in and then the three menu buttons, new game, load, options. Selecting options immediately crashes the game to the desktop. Load is said not to function at all. Even if you do have a saved game, nothing happens when you press it. Thus, new game is the only working menu option. Once it is selected, you are standing in an empty movie theater lobby, with the exception of the ticket taker standing in front of a dark hallway. Once the player moves towards the ticket taker, a very low-quality sound clip plays saying, Thank you. Please enjoy the movie. You then walk into the hallway, and the screen fades to black, and you're back in the empty lobby. And you do the exact thing again, and again, and again. A number of peculiar things occur as you continue to play it. The number of times that you have to continue into the hall after giving your ticket to the ticket taker before the strange events happen is unknown. What happens, though, has deeply disturbed some players. The first occurrence is when the player fades back in after walking into the hallway. This time, they will notice the ticket taker is completely absent. The player then, without any other options, decides to walk into the dark hallway. The sound clip and text box mentioned previously still play in the absence of the ticket taker, but when the player walks into the hallways, the screen does not fade out. It goes pitch black as they walk deeper into the hall but the player's footstep sound clip is still playing as they continue to push the up button on their keyboard. Those claiming to have played the original game report to have felt extremely uncomfortable walking down the hallway, anticipating the whole way something horrible happening. Well, eventually the player is unable to move forward. There is nothing for a few moments before a strange sprite that is described as the ticket taker, but with a swirl for a face, appears and stands before the player. The original players of the game say their bodies immediately froze up and their stomachs churned as they saw this sprite, which has been appropriately named the Swirly Head Man. Nothing happens as the Swirly Head Man stands before them. Then suddenly, a piercing screech plays as the game glitches out. 
This lasts for a few minutes with the screeching being continuous. Then the players abruptly return to the lobby with all the sounds and graphics being as they should be. The game continues normally for the next couple of cycles of entering the hallway, with a couple of the original players claiming the swirly head man would briefly appear and disappear in the corner of the screen as a brisk yelp sound effect plays. Then, at some point after meeting the swirly head man, the players see the ticket taker pacing back and forth. Though there is no walking animation, the sprite's limbs are completely static, so he just hops up and down slightly as a substitute. With his eyes being wide and his mouth open to simulate a worried facial expression. Some players noted that the movie posters had been replaced with images of the swirly head man, which caused them to immediately turn their character's head away from the posters and approach the ticket taker. Then, another different low-quality sound clip plays, but the speech box contains nothing but corrupted characters that cause whatever text that would have been in the box to be completely illegible. Due to the extremely low quality of the sound, it is debated by players what exactly the ticket taker says at this point, though it is widely agreed that he says, Never reach the other levels. Then the screen fades out once again and returns the player back to their starting point in the lobby. But the ticket taker is gone, and the hallway is blocked by a large brick wall sprite. Touching the brick wall will immediately crash the game. And that's all there is to it. No one knows what the other levels are or how to gain access to them. Nor is it known why the swirly head man causes such acute fear in those who have seen him in the game. All the original copies of the theater have either been lost or destroyed. But the creepiest part is the fact that all the original players of the game claim to occasionally see a glimpse of the swirly head man out of the corner of their eyes. Are you the type to seek out online legends, no matter how complicated or niche they can be? Have you done that in the past? Are you doing it now? If so, let us know what your experiences are. That is, if you're around to tell your tale. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Beware the homes you book for weekend trips. The more enticing they look, the more killer the deal. Like in this story inspired by Katie. Mariana was preparing for a weekend trip with her girlfriend Joe and their friends Ben and Hero. They needed to get away from the city. It had been too long since they'd seen each other, so they rented an isolated beach house nestled among other empty vacation homes. 
they welcomed the change of scenery as they explored the house. Whoa, look at this! Joe shouted from the farthest bedroom as Ben and Hero had already claimed the master bedroom. There was a really old wardrobe in the room she and Mariana were going to stay in. It looked older than the house itself. The wood almost looked like it was rotting, and yet the thing was still standing, large and imposing. Mariana went to open it, but Joe instinctively swatted her hand away. Hey, what the hell? Mariana snapped. I don't know, just don't open it, Joe asserted. Why? Mariana asked. I don't know, it feels off, Joe replied and walked away. Later that day, Ben was grilling burgers on the barbecue, and the other three were in the pool just chilling. Joe and Mariana told Hero about the wardrobe. He asked if they thought it might hold some dead bodies. Ben laughed over the grill, saying a dead body would stink up the place and that all he could smell were the Angus beef patties in front of him. Mariana shrugged. I don't know. This house is huge. Joe shook her head and explained that the couple she rented it from seemed very nice. They were gone for a church retreat. There were pictures of the upstanding blue-collar-looking family all around the house. A husband and wife with cheerful faces and a luxury boat. Others of them on vacations or with graduating kids. Later that night, they watched scary movies until the early hours of the morning. Mariana was the first to call it a night and wandered off to bed, giving Joe a kiss on the forehead as she left. But not long after, they heard her shout from the furthest room. Joe immediately stood up to go check on her. The hallway was pitch black when she approached the open door at the end. Mariana, she whispered, no answer. She turned on the light, illuminating the room, revealing the bed untouched. Weird, she thought, as her eyes scanned the room. That's when they fell upon a grotesque sight. The wardrobe was open, and Mariana was on the floor, breathing heavily as she bled from multiple stab wounds. Joe, the wardrobe is a door. Two people just opened it and attacked me. They, they said, it's time to hunt again. Joe wrapped Mariana with a blanket to apply pressure when they heard a crash in the living room. Mariana asked her to help Hero and Ben. Grabbing a lamp, Joe made her way to the living room. There she found an older man and woman chasing Hero. Hero was holding up Ben, who was limping. They smiled, wielding knives excitedly. Without a second thought, Joe slammed the lamp over the head of the man, who then swiped his knife at her. He dropped to the floor, and Joe immediately recognized him as the person she'd rented the house from. He kicked her knees, and she fell to the floor. A sharp pain hit her shoulder blade. We like it when you put up a fight, the woman laughed. She was the other half of the smiling couple from the photos that littered the house. Get help, Joe screamed to Hero as they made it to the front door, but the husband chased them down. It was supposed to be just you and your girlfriend, the woman shrieked. 
We'll tell the police that you lied about how many guests were coming and attacked us on our property. Joe was filled with rage and protectiveness. She grabbed onto the woman and rammed herself on the wall to get the crazed woman off of her. They toppled over, and the woman's neck broke with a snap. Having lost a lot of blood, Joe passed out as she heard a car crash outside. When Joe woke up, she was in the hospital. A doctor came to her and let her know Mariana was still in critical condition, but would pull through, and that Hero and Ben were also okay. She was told her testimony was needed. It turned out that the man who put up the listing also survived and was to go on trial as this case tied him and his wife to the mysterious disappearances of others who'd rented their property. Her and her friends were the only ones to survive the couple who'd lure unsuspecting victims to their deaths within their rental homes. This week's podcast stories were edited by Gail Gilliman, Markia McCarty, and Sabina Graves. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.